Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Hey guys, it's Hunter Lowry here. Hope you're having a great day today. Let's just jump right into it today. Okay, so I want to talk to you guys about some of the crazy stories I have from going up to my grandpa's ranch in Alturas, California, and helping working up there just about every year when I was growing up. So when I was living in Tucson, every year around May or April time, we'd pack up and drive on up to Alturas, which is about two hours south from Klamath Falls, Oregon. I mean, this ranch is way up north. It used to take us, man, like 18 to 20 hours to drive up there. We would jump in the truck, me, my dad, and two of our really close friends would come along too. And we'd put about eight horses in the back and away we'd go on our journey to Alturas. It's kind of funny thinking back on it. The driving part didn't really used to bother me. I actually really enjoyed it at the time pretty much because I was too young to drive. So for me, it just meant movie marathons and eating junk food and I mean, what kid doesn't like that deal? But on this trip, it seemed like no matter what, we were pretty much destined to blow three or four tires along the way, and it always seemed to happen at the worst possible times. It'd be like two in the morning, I'm just passed out in the back seat, it's freezing cold out and pitch black, and we're in the middle of absolutely nowhere, somewhere in Nevada. Then, of course, I'd feel a tire blow out, we'd all get out of the truck, change the tire, and I'd usually be set as the light holder and be on the lookout for oncoming cars. But then by the time we finally would pull into Alturas, everyone was so exhausted, a little bit cranky and hungry, so we'd unload horses, go get some dinner with my grandparents, and pretty much just go right to sleep. Then first thing the next morning, we'd get up before daylight, catch horses in the freezing cold, saddle them up, grab a quick breakfast burrito, and away we went for the day. I remember always hoping that we would have to drive to wherever the cows were, and not just start on horseback right from the barn, so that I could warm myself up in the truck and get an extra 20 or 30 minutes of sleep. Anyways, wherever the herd was that we were supposed to move, I usually ended up being one of the people in the very back just keeping everything moving and always making sure that I was somewhere near my uncle John John. Now, I've referenced John John in previous episodes, but he's my uncle who has autism. He is the greatest dude in the whole entire world. No matter what we were doing that day, no matter what the job was, how cold it was, or how long we had to ride, he always had so much fun. So I'd sit back there with him, push cows along, and listen to him scream and holler at them seriously all day long. It would be so funny. But being in the back of the herd, pushing cows all day like that, it always ends up that there's some slower calves that just don't want to keep up with everyone else, and they fall a little bit far behind the herd. And I always used that opportunity at the time to work on my heel loop. I'd heal that slow calf over and over and over since it kept him moving forward and kept me entertained as well. But one time when I was doing this, I ended up pantyhosing the calf, meaning that the rope went up past up and over his legs and up around his belly, which you can imagine that's not going to be coming off very easily. So I tried and I tried to get it off the calf, but it was so stuck. And being so young at the time, I wasn't even thinking. I just thought, all right, I'll jump off my horse 
I'll grab the rope off the calf and it'll be fine. Nobody will ever know. So I run up, I jog my horse up a little bit closer to him. I jump off of him, walk over, grab the calf and get my rope off, turn around. And my dang horse is absolutely in a dead sprint in the exact opposite direction of me and, and everybody else. And we were on top of this mountain with no roads. There were no other people around. There was no nothing. We were in the middle of nowhere. All right, that's a little bit off track. It's a tangent story. I'll, I'll tell you guys that one another time. But luckily, I did end up getting him back. Thank gosh, because it was our best roping horse at the time. Man, I, I don't know if I've ever been that scared before in my entire life. So the funny thing about pushing cows is you would think that if you were in a gigantic field with no fences in sight and someone told you, Hey, guys, our goal today is to get all of these cows over those hills way in the distance, around a lake on the other side, and into another meadow four or five miles away. You would think, gosh dang, how in the heck am I going to get all these wild animals to go where I want them to, not run in the wrong direction, and keep all of them together? Yeah, trust me, it's not always easy. Usually things don't go as smoothly according to plan, but it isn't impossible. And do you know why? It's because really all you have to do is get the group in the front headed in the right direction. All the cows in the middle and in the back just kind of put their heads down and they just follow along. The cows in the middle and the back don't really know where the heck they're going there. They are not the ones deciding the route. They're just kind of mindlessly walking around and following the cows in front of them. The cows in the very front are the ones who can normally make or break how the day goes because if they decide they're going to take off in the wrong direction, guess what? The rest of the herd tends to do. They just follow them. Yeah, I know cows are not the brightest animals on the planet, but it's kind of crazy that they'll pretty much just close their eyes and just run blindly in whatever direction they hear the other cows. You know, what's kind of funny about this is that with investing, people kind of do the same exact thing a lot of times. Investors tend to get into this herd mentality that I'm talking about, and they just want to follow the crowd. If a sector is performing well or a stock is doing really well, they want to invest in that sector or stock, which why wouldn't you, right? Other people are making money in it, so I'm going to make money in it too, right? Well, not always. Depending on the time that you buy in, your outcome could be completely different from the other people making money in it. But when dealing with the stock market, in order to really make money, we have to do the exact opposite and have the opposite mentality than the herd mentality. Because when everyone is super optimistic about something in the market and they're just buying and buying and buying, you do not want to be a part of that group usually. You want to be a part of the group who buys when people are scared of the market conditions and when everyone is selling, that's how you're going to make money. I have a perfect example of something that just recently happened that explains this whole thought process. So for everyone who listens to the show that lives in California, or if you have just been listening to my shows in the past, you are more than aware of all the problems that PG&E is having. With all these California wildfires that are taking place that people are blaming PG&E, the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I mean, it just seems like they're a complete mess. So you know what happened? People got scared and they sold, they sold, they sold. It seemed like nobody wanted to touch the company. People even talked about their stock being worth nothing. Seriously worth zero dollars. People figured buying PG&E, you might as well just throw your money out the window. And the stock completely tanked. It was trading at a high of around $71 at one time. And it got down to as low as three and a half dollars. So do you know what I did and others did here at Sierra Ridge? We bought PG&E. I know, it sounds crazy. How could you not follow the herd and just put your head down and believe that the company wasn't worth anything because that's what everyone else was saying? Well, if you followed PG&E stock at all, you already know how this has played out. But if you don't watch this stock, then 
you're going to be wishing you bought into it with us. I bought PG&E for my clients a little under $4 a share. And today at market close, it was trading at $8. Guys, this gain took place in just little over a week. That's some serious return. But the only reason that this really worked out for us is because we didn't just follow the crowd and whoever was leading everyone towards these thoughts. We did our own research, we made our own inferences, and made up our own minds, and it ended up working out fantastic. Now, these speculative plays like this one that I just described, they're not suitable to be throwing your entire investment portfolio into. But for most people, putting a smaller percentage of their investment portfolio into some of these more speculative and aggressive plays, it's totally reasonable and a great way to bump up the returns that you're able to get. And I'm also not here saying to go against everything you hear about the markets and stocks. It's realistically impossible to time all of your trades perfectly. And we don't day trade or only pick stocks for our clients. So it is important to follow good economic thoughts, watch trends, and have longer term investments that are safer and other people agree are safer. But to make some good extra money and to get some aggressive returns at times, you have to take a little bit of a chance and stray away from what everyone else is thinking. Looking at the way that many people invest in the market from a behavioral economic standpoint, do you know what's one of the most fundamental mistakes people make? It's that they chase trends. Behavioral finance researchers, they found that almost 40% of all new money invested in mutual funds went into the top 10% of funds that had the best performance the prior year. And yeah, a good track record, it's really important. But do you know what I'm telling my clients constantly? Past performance does not guarantee future results. A lot of people, they get to believing that they can predict the future off of past results because we are so good at finding trends and patterns and things as humans. And once we find these patterns, we tend to just believe that they are true, but correlation does not equal causation. Also, by the time we're finding these patterns, a lot of times it's already priced into the market. There was a study that was conducted by the University of California, and they found that investors who weighted their decisions solely on past performance were often the poorest performing when compared to others. Okay, so moral of the story here, guys. Yes, it is important to watch market and economic trends and invest wisely based upon the information and research that either you are doing yourself or a financial professional is doing for you. But to add some good returns to our portfolios, and if we want to get a little more aggressive with some speculative plays, then we have to go against the grain a little bit and take a good educated guess when most others are going to be disagreeing with us. And do you know what I do to look for these good short-term plays? I look for the companies that have just gotten absolutely beaten up and have been performing terribly lately, ones that everybody is afraid of. Then I try to figure out why they are performing poorly. And if I can't find any huge red flag telling me that they're a horrible investment, and if I see some good opportunities ahead in their future, then I'm probably going to take a shot and bet on them rather than only looking for stocks who have been performing the absolute best and trying to catch the swing on the way up. Because everybody's ridden a swing. You know what happens when you're on a swing and it reaches the top of its arc? It comes right back down. All right, guys, so go head over to hunterlowry.com and click on the link right below my picture and schedule a time with me that we can chat. I'll give you a call on my cell phone. We'll talk about your goals, your current situation, and get you in on all the excitement that's happening over here at Sierra Ridge. And if you haven't already, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd go ahead and rate and review my show. Thanks, guys. I'm really thankful for all the support. Have a good one and looking forward to hearing from you.